1: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, everybody had a terrific weekend. A great show for it today. I was joined by my brother, Ezra Ryrick. Always a great time talking to Ezra. And we had a lot to discuss, as always. Gavin Newsom appointed uh, an abortion lobbyist from Maryland (laughs) to represent California in the U.S. Senate. Um, The payments, the... uh, Interest payments on the national debt have now eclipsed defense spending for the first time. That's terrifying. Um, Representative Jamal Bowman uh, performs what I've been reliably told is an attack on our democracy at the the nation's capital last week Uh, and and a bunch more. i think you guys to enjoy it. Before we get to Ezra, if you haven't already, guys, just follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Ravikish Podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a couple seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. If you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Ezra Ryrick. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Ezra Ryrick. Ezra, how you been, man?
0: pretty good man it's good to be back on your show
1: absolutely man um we have a ton to get to as always let's start out in california diane feinstein um longtime senator has died at the age of 90 this Mm -hmm. is after months of being literally wheeled around the capitol by staff being told how to vote in the senate it's been an absolutely shameful um display by democrats um and Gavin Newsom has appointed a woman named LaFonza Butler to her seat. And you might be asking, who is LaFonza Butler? Uh, she's the president of Emily's List, which is a PAC uh, that gives tens of millions of dollars to pro-abortion candidates across the country. Truly, one of the most wicked organizations um, I can think of um, in this country. And she also lives in Maryland. <laughs> so, wow. So, I mean, I have to say, man. Um, you just have to admire the Democrats. I mean, their they're blatant they're,
0: corruption and <laughs> their blatant commitment to corruption. Yeah, absolutely. You're pointing just, they're,
1: a, they're a lobbyist. They're yeah, they're they're the just so a gangster.
0: Firm to the Senate, like that's yeah. that's as corrupt as you can possibly get.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, and not just any lobbyist. You're talking about the 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 leader of the abortion industrial complex, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, who doesn't even live in the state. And she's a black woman, so you're not allowed. You know, no journalist would ever question this. You know, she's not even a California resident. No, you can't. Can't criticize a black person, or you're racist. That's how it works now. But man, I just guys like Newsom, like people make fun of people like Gavin Newsom a lot, on the right. It's like I don't know. I think I think people are missing the point, man. Like these guys, they do whatever. They're gangsters. They do whatever they want. They have zero thought of the consequences because if you're a Democrat, there are no consequences.
0: Dude, I wish libertarians were gangsters, honestly. I wish we had like libertarian politicians that are just willing to do whatever uh, without fear of the repercussions. Like, hey, I mean, if we had a libertarian governor that could be like, you know what? We're not enforcing any more federal gun laws, and by the way, if you send the ATF up here to enforce it, we'll arrest them because you're in violation of state law. That's the kind of stuff that libertarians need to be doing. That's the kind of – that's how you win. Right. That's how you win. You got to be a gangster. That's just plain and simple. Politics is is a gangster sport.
1: Right. Yeah. I. It's just uh. You know. Unlike on, on the conservative side, there's a few governors like that. I mean, there's like, you know, like DeSantis in Florida has done. Yeah. I don't agree with everything he's done, but like he's done a lot of good stuff. And but he he's just like he he kind of has that gangster mentality. Like I don't care. Yeah. I'm gonna crush the even, Florida Democrats. I'm gonna do what I want. I'll take on Disney. Even if
0: I disagree on principle with a lot of the stuff that he has done, he has definitely embodied that mentality uh, to a, to an extent, to to a greater extent than I think anyone in the Republican Party at oh, this yeah. point. Um, but he's still not going to be president. So no, because point at least
1: at this point. yeah, at least not in this cycle. And it's that's the difference between the right and the left, right? I mean, the left. <laughs> The left gets things Man, done. Do they stick together. And they stick together. They get things done. And Republicans don't even care, especially modern, like MAGA Republicans. They don't care if they win or lose because they make money regardless. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. it's more convenient to just lose and then claim you won and the election was stolen and then, and then make a mean, bunch of money. Meanwhile, you know what I mean? It's like, you
0: have the libertarians and the ANCAPs over here tearing themselves apart over the most minute policy disagreement. <laughs> disagreement. It's like, I mean, this is not how you win. There needs to be a serious wake-up call uh, within the liberty movement, and and I, th- I think just among libertarians in general that, uh, like it or not, the GOP is our only path to change things. We have to change the GOP in order to change the country. Democratic Party is a lost cause. They're basically all socialists and neoliberals bordering on socialism. So... At this point, I mean, we we just got to stick together, man. We have to stick together like the left does. We got to say, you know, I understand that uh, you don't agree with my position on immigration or you don't agree with my position on this or that, but we we just got to say, I mean, we've got a common enemy here. And at this point, we've just got to band together to fight this common enemy because that's what the left does, and that's how they win. That's how they keep notching victory after victory.
1: Well, it's just impossible until, like, MAGA's gone. And replaced with something else. Um, mm-hmm. Because there is no sticking together with Trump in charge. Like, he'll attack anybody. You know, he attacks all of his opponents from the left. You know, he's like, he attacked and all the governors who signed heartbeat bills. He attacks anybody who wants to reform entitlements. I mean, he's like, just a yep. Democrat at this point. So it's like, there's really no... There's not going to be any unity because he doesn't actually hold any positions. He just says whatever One, one he wants of the things that, that has
0: struck me with his 2024 campaign is that the dude is running so far to the left of everybody else.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, you've got Republicans on that stage, and I don't think pretty much anybody, I don't really like anybody on that stage except for Vivek a little bit. And I think Vivek is. Uh, Vivek bothers lar- me more than any other smoking Republican. Mirrors,
1: Vi- Vivek resp- bothers me more than any other Republican.
0: Why is that?
1: Just his, just his face and his attitude. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's, like a. He's fact just the that ultimate. It sounds group.
0: like Chad GPT. It's almost too perfect. Like Dude. the way that he responds to questions. He's so articulate that people think. I mean, okay, that was a good answer, but you sound like a robot.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's just somebody that I know I would not get along with in real life. Because mm. he's not. Yeah. It's just not real, man. He's just like, it's just a grift. Like, he doesn't believe anything. He's taking both sides of every position. You know, what I mean? it's just like, uh, he just he just really, you, you know. You I, the wrong I, way. Yeah, I mean, I'm an yeah, anarcho-capitalist. Politicians love... all rub me the wrong way. But there's just something about that fella <laughs> that just bothers me, man.
0: I think that uh I think that's something you find in politics quite a bit, is people that uh well, I mean they made a billion dollars and then what what's next for them, right? They've done everything, they've seen everything, they what are they gonna do? They're gonna run for president. And uh then they're going to latch on to some ideology, uh, so that they can hopefully have a shot and they're gonna endear themselves to some ideology. I mean, look at RFK, dude. Look at RFK. That's that right there is your Is your example. And that actually worked with libertarians for a while. There were an awful lot of libertarians that were out there talking about how RFK was the next Ron Paul. And meanwhile, the guy wants to start a a federal student loans program for your house (laughs) and your mortgage. So I don't think so.
1: Yeah. You know, who does because RFK Jr. is going to run as an independent. Mm -hmm. Um, Who does he hurt more, Trump or Biden? Honestly, like,
0: I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm still trying. I'm still trying to suss that out. I feel like he would hurt Biden more because at the end of the day, he is a, he is a Democrat, and a lot of his policies are Democrat. I mean, he supports assault weapons bans. He supports you know um, a lot of lot of progressive policies like that, um, especially on the economic front. Even though he does have a few economic views out of nowhere that are oddly libertarian. Right. Um, but.
1: I mean, completely I mean, inconsistent. You know, it's like, yeah, it's all over the map.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's like I that that Vaguely makes
0: libertarian on some issues, which is endears him to libertarians. And then I look at his policies and I say, this guy is not a libertarian. Stop pretending that he is.
1: I just I think I don't I I, I, I don't know. I mean, that makes sense to me. But the argument that he's going to hurt Trump more also makes sense to me. <laughs> you know, it's like I I just I keep going back and forth on it. I, you know. I have a feeling at the end of the day he's going to hurt Trump more than Biden because I just—Democrats just get in line, you know? I mean, they—Democrats—I mean, the the GOP is a collectivist party now, too, unfortunately, but, like, the Democrats just fall in. (laughs) They just do as they're told, and if the newsman— Tells them to vote That's Biden. True. They're just going to vote Biden. They and just... I, I,
0: think, I think there is that uh, that demographic of voters out there, though. You know, you're 60-, 70-year-old Democrats. They're ancestral Democrats in, like, the Midwest or somewhere. And uh, they remember back in the Kennedy days when the Democratic Party was, at least in their opinion, different, uh, which has always been the same. It's just been varying degrees of the same stuff. Um, and they're going to see that Kennedy name on the ballot. They're going to be like, yeah but uh, aside from that demographic he's not going to do very well.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's just it's going to be bleak, man. <laughs> like I, I really wish we could fast forward past the 2024 election cuz it's just I'm
0: so know. ready to get this over with, but honestly for my own entertainment purposes, I'm 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 glued to this, man. I'm like, oh, of course. National politics at this point is a lost cause, but I'm kind of like it's still entertaining, so oh, Of
1: course. Yeah, I mean the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a nightmare this year. I'm still gonna watch every single one of those lousy games. <laughs>
0: like, exactly. I'm not, gonna,
1: I'm not gonna stop even if it drives me crazy, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Speaking of crazy, um a socialist squad democrat, Jamal Bowman. Oh no. <laughs> pulled pulled an insurrection at the Capitol on Friday, I've been I've been told. Uh the gentleman pulled a, a fire alarm so he didn't have to vote on a Republican spending bill. Um Ezra, I've been told that that the Capitol is sacred, and that mm-hmm. this is an attack on democracy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's, I mean, you know, come on, let's, let's give the guy a break. The sign was confusing. You know, who would know what a fire alarm is? It's not like he was a high school teacher in a past life, right?
1: Principal, high school principal for high school
0: principal. Excuse me. Yeah. So, I mean, how would he possibly know what a fire alarm is? I mean, it's just like a fire alarm and a door opener for like wheelchairs look so similar, man. I mean, anybody can make that mistake
1: his excuse is that he's too stupid to know what a fire alarm is and the jour- but what really gets me every time a democrat messes up is the reaction by journalists because to be a corporate journalist you have to go on TV man, and you, you got to you got to commit
0: to the grip yes. man you got to commit to it you, you got to go with all in. all your heart and soul
1: it's it's you're you're like a court jester dancing for the king and the king is the regime and you just have to go out there and embarrass yourself for the regime and it's just like i i've been a professional musician since i was a teenager Mm -hmm. the reason why i've always practiced my craft as hard as i have is because embarrassing yourself in public is terrifying i don't know if you've really just embarrassed yourself publicly before but it really sucks. No, I have, I have. I
0: used to be extremely socially awkward and borderline autistic. So yeah, I have embarrassed myself in public several times, and it's not fun. And you know you. that
1: feel like you, that's that terrible feeling in your gut. You're like, I can never allow this to happen again. That's why I practice mm-hmm. guitar so much. You know what I mean. That's why. That's now, why I work mean, so hard. Meanwhile,
0: it, meanwhile, you have journalists over here. That's literally their career. That's, that's literally how they make their bread and butter. Like,
1: Imagine loving Democrats so much that your job is to just go on TV or write in a newspaper how stupid you are.
0: Mm -hmm. It's just so
1: weird, man. I just can't... Like, I just couldn't do it. Like, I could never be a a regime Democrat, man. Like, Like, it's just... I don't know I just hate being embarrassed <laughs> that much you know it's a terrible feeling it sucks I it ruins your either. whole week you know and these people are all I mean you look at the New York Times scene and they're like hey you know I'm a, I'm so stupid I don't know what a. a, a I can't tell the difference between a doorknob and a fire alarm I'm a journalist right. how could I be expected to know such a thing it's like man what are these people doing
0: you No, know, what they're doing is getting that bread because that's how they that's how they get paid is to uh, just act <laughs> stupid on a daily basis
1: Dance for the regime. Oh my gosh! Just I mean, getting, look, I'm just
0: getting that visual, and it's uh, <laughs> mildly vomit-inducing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, man. So this just broke this morning. Um, this was projected to happen sometime in the next five years or so, but uh, the the spending increases under both Trump and Biden have have driven the the train off the tracks even faster than anybody expected. The U.S. government now spends more money. On the interest payments on the national debt than they do on the on the military. Um, this oh, is via the the Treasury Department this morning. Um, I think I, I think it was slated, penciled in that this may happen in the, like the twenty twenty five twenty twenty six range. But mm-hmm. um, Trump and Biden really accelerated things. So, I mean, this is a this is a disaster waiting to happen. This clearly is not sustainable. Um, soon not, the interest payments. Not sustainable payments, at all. Yeah, I mean, in, in the next handful of years here, the interest payments are going to eclipse even the entitlements. So. Um, the train is going off a bridge, man.
0: The United States government spends, uh, well, now these days it's anywhere in a range from right on the cusp of like, uh, or it's it's about 800 billion to right on the cusp of a trillion dollars military spending, and that that, that just puts puts that into perspective because as much as they're spending on the military and they're still pay, paying more and spending more to pay down the interest on the debt. It's, it's it's completely unsustainable, and it's—yeah, uh, I, I feel like I'm on the Titanic, and everybody's telling me, don't worry about the iceberg. Everything is under control.
1: And just to put it in perspective, I mean, we spend something between three to four times as much money on our military as, as does China, about mm-hmm. ten times more than Russia.
0: I think we spend more than the next 15 countries combined. That is correct.
1: List. That is correct. And the— Payment, The interest payments on the debt are more than that. Talking that about over a trillion dollars a year. It's coming, man. It's coming. And Republicans have already have always spent money. Obviously, Bush spent money. Reagan spent money. You know, a couple times throughout history they cut spending. Obviously, the Harding and Coolidge administrations cut the government mm-hmm. in half. That was the, the largest uh, cuts to the government ever yeah. by a lot. The um, last
0: real cuts.
1: The last Most real cuts.
0: Uh, most of the uh, famous uh, fiscal conservatives that are hailed up as, like, these gods of fiscal responsibility actually were big spenders.
1: Yeah, just didn't grow the debt as much as, as like the, the previous Democrat right, did. Which
0: is a very low bar.
1: Yeah, and we're supposed to throw a parade for Ronald Reagan <laughs> yeah. over that.
0: But, There's a cookie. You didn't bankrupt <laughs> the country. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, and I mean, in, in more recent memory, in the late 90s, the House GOP balanced the budget. I believe three fiscal years in a row. You know, there has been some progress coming from the GOP throughout history, but now bit. there's really no hope. That's that's the thing. There's really no hope under Trump. Yeah, they, the GOP they went from making a little bit of progress
0: to yeah. just going Leroy Jenkins and saying we don't care about the debt either.
1: Yeah, with like... the MAGA with the MAGA movement taking over the GOP, they're an explicitly pro-government growth party now. Um, They attack anybody. MAGA attacks anybody who wants to reduce spending. They attack anybody who wants to try to save Social Security and Medicare, which will be gone in a decade. I miss
0: uh, miss the Tea Party movement, man. I miss it. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, libertarians could have capitalized on that so much more if we hadn't been so snobby against conservatives and anything that's vaguely conservative.
1: Absolutely. And you and I were lamenting before we started recording this morning that it's just not— Help's not on its way. (laughs) Like There is no... No no one is
0: coming to save
1: you. (laughs) There's no Ron Paul movement. There's no liberty movement within the GOP anymore. Um, No one is out there really educating voters on economics and sound money. I mean, it's gone. Like, we lost. We lost. And when we lose, people die. Because economics is life and death. I mean, like, you know, it's something like every one percentage point um, unemployment rises, 40,000 Americans kill themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, economics is a life and death game. You know, it isn't just numbers on, it absolutely on a spreadsheet. Is. And it's just we're so far, like the the Trump people won. They took over the GOP, and they've destroyed any semblance of fiscal sanity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and really, the the only thing that we can do is hope that we'll have someone uh, with the charisma and policies of Ron Paul to be able to to um, rise up as a figurehead of the Liberty movement and start you know, leading us back in that direction. I mean, Ron Paul, bless his heart, I think he's somewhere in his late 80s or his 90s. I'm not sure which. I mean, unfortunately, he's not going to be around very long, and there has to be a new figurehead. There has to be a torch passed. But unfortunately, right now, I don't see a whole lot of eligible candidates to carry that torch, if I'm being honest.
1: No. I mean, Rand ran in 2016. He dropped out before Iowa hmm. You know, I mean, it's just that was
0: that was not a serious campaign. That, in, anyone that worked with the Rand campaign will tell you that was that was just a disaster.
1: Yeah. Yep. I mean, if you look at how Republican leaders are making decisions, I mean, House Republicans on Friday um, could have passed a bill that would have cut. I mean, it wouldn't have passed the Senate, obviously, but they would have passed a bill that would have cut spending by eight percent across the board. But Matt Gates, the representative from Florida, likes performing for Daddy Trump on television, so he tanked it so he could attack Kevin McCarthy on C-SPAN. So now there's no cuts. The government will grow. Just because Matt Gates wants to be in Trump's cabinet or wants to be famous and have a podcast, and that's how Republicans are making decisions now.
0: People are clowning Thomas Massey for what he's saying right now, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's right. These bills are going to pass the best we can hope for, at the end of the day, they're they're going to fund the government. Okay, the federal leviathan is going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to be funded. It's going to continue to steal from us. The best that we can hope for is that it steals from us less and that uh, we don't spend as much. And but at the end of the day, these bills are still going to pass. So I think Massey is is he's unfortunately on the right track. And people are you know attacking him for what he's been saying, and especially with this vacation vote or. I Vacate the chair or vacate right. um, uh, Kevin McCarthy that Matt Gates is doing. I don't know if this is going to be productive. It's entertaining, but I'm not sure if it's uh, if it's something that will backfire. That will backfire. And um, at the end of the day, I mean, if you can cut spending, you cut spending. That's that's the golden rule. Right. As a libertarian, if if you can cut spending, you cut spending. If you can t- cut taxes, you cut taxes. 100%. It doesn't matter how much you cut it, you cut it.
1: One percent. Half a percent.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter.
1: One-tenth of one percent. Just move the ball counts. forward one yard at a time. Yeah,
0: move the Overton window in, yes. in, in your direction. I mean, it's it's not that hard.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, you don't, like, Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw a touchdown on every play, man. There's exactly. a lot of three-yard runs that, that lead a team to a Super Bowl win. Mm-hmm. But honestly, yep. the problem is the voters. The voters would rather have entertainment than an 8% spending cut. Yep. That's what that's what Republican – Republican voters would rather watch Matt Gates dance like a clown for Trump than to actually cut spending. That's no, a I problem. I
0: voters, voters love theater, right? Like, I mean they live for theater. The red meat uh, for the base is, is the most important part of politics, honestly. Like it's, it's not even about public policy. It's not even about actually getting the policy that you want passed. You just got to throw red meat to the base, and they'll love you forever. I mean – um frankly, I think that's uh that's a big problem with democracy in general, but we won't get into that
1: It's just i mean we we can go back to what, how we started this conversation too. It's just the difference between the right and the left. one side's serious, and one isn't i mean it's Absolutely. like look Gavin Newsom just appointed one of the most evil lobbyists on the planet <laughs> who who lives three thousand miles away from his state to the Senate and show honestly... be. Th- She'll I'm be there for 50 years. I'm surprised he
0: didn't appoint Barbara Lee, like the super progressive, um, yeah, the, the super progressive woman that I think some of the progressives and uh, the squad was, uh, or at least Cory Bush, who by the way doesn't know the uh, the tax rate for the middle class. And I don't know if you saw that clip, but man, she was struggling. Um, but it's expected because she has no economic knowledge. I mean, if you ask her a question about economics, obviously she's going to struggle.
1: No, I mean that's um, that's why Newsom appointed this woman. Which what the, what the heck's her name again? Goodness, uh, LaFonza Butler. Okay,
0: LaFonza Butler. Okay. Real
1: tongue twister. Yeah. But no, I mean like he didn't. <laughs> He didn't appoint Cori Bush because she's an idiot, and this person is probably just a stone cold killer. <laughs> you know what I mean? These lobbyists are a lot smarter than the, the squad members. These people actually are passionate about murdering babies are and destroying front Republicans. Front, Republicans yeah. On yes. the
0: front lines of politics, man. 100%. I mean, lobbyists, lobbyists run politics, lobbyists yeah. and unions run politicians. That's just plain and simple. That's the facts of the matter. And if you can appoint union bosses and lobbyists to the Senate, I mean, at that point, at that point, you don't even care that people think you're corrupt or in their pockets. It's just like, yeah, I am. What are you going to do about it?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, Democrats appoint gangsters to the Senate. Republicans dance for Trump on C-SPAN. It's
0: it's the Andrew Jackson mentality, right? Like, I'm going to do this. What are you going to do about it? Like, tell me what you're going to do about it.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: And usually the answer to that question is absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah. Yep. Well, somebody tried to do something about Andrew Jackson, Davy Crockett, but uh, unfortunately the Mexicans killed him at the Alamo, so he yeah. n- <laughs> never got is a chance my, to.
0: One of my personal political heroes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the best. One of the best bear hunters in history, and dedicated the second half of his life to destroying Andrew Jackson. Unfortunately... One of the
0: best. One of the best speeches ever given on fiscal responsibility is "It's not your money."
1: by a davy crockett yeah well you know for for those for the uninitiated his real name was congressman david crockett disney turned him into davy crockett 100 years after his death (laughs) he wasn't a he wasn't a cartoon character who's actually a politician and 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 hunter and warrior A
0: real guy a real guy a, a very very shrewd politician who hated politics um there's the there's there's the famous um, retort uh, you may all go to hell but I would go to Texas that's what he felt about that's how he felt about the political class and so. he
1: hated Jackson because he served in the army under Jackson um, <clears throat> when Jackson was a general and he witnessed Jackson murdering entire Creek nation villages um, mm-hmm. just thousands and thousands of women and children and he hated him I mean, he. I mean, he witnessed a literal genocide, um, horrors beyond belief. Yep. And he did, he was like, I will stop this man from becoming president. <laughs> and he he tried, you know, and he almost succeeded. But uh, yeah, he, he blundered a little bit. He actually lost reelection to his his seat, his house seat he in did, Tennessee, yep. because he was kind of a cocky dude and wanted money and went on a book tour and stuff, yeah. running for reelection, <laughs> campaigning <laughs> for reelection.
0: He was very cocky. That was his right. kryptonite.
1: Yep, and then he ended up he lost re-election. He went down to Texas with his family, uh, ended up dying a martyr at the Alamo. So fascinating! I I encourage uh, uh, people to read about Davy Crockett. He is actually a fascinating character in American yeah, history. Yeah,
0: he's not the Disney character that uh, that Hollywood told you he was. The dude was actually led a very fascinating life.
1: And he had, he was such a good hunter. Um that he saved the army, too, during the Creek Wars. Like, a Jackson's Ooh. army was not well-prepared or resupplied, and they were hungry. And he uh, he killed a lot of deer, too, but mostly bears. I'll tell um, you, he, th-
0: there's a reason why people like Davy Crockett become folk legends. It's because the stuff that they did was legendary. And oh, I yeah. Mean,
1: Fed the American army with bear meat <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when I mean, they were, it's, when it's, they were it's starving. It's
0: almost, almost hard to believe. If you're going to make a movie about a guy, and he did this stuff. I mean... What are you going to do, right? Like, it, it's not believable. It almost seems like you're making it all up.
1: Little known fact, he technically was not born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, like the song goes. <laughs> he was actually born—I mean, he was born in what is now Tennessee, but it was uh, it was actually called the state of Franklin, briefly. Yes. Um, and he was yes, born in—which which consisted of, like, eastern Tennessee, western North Carolina, and a little bit of Virginia. There was another state that was only around for 10 years or so called Franklin— um. So he was de- he was technically born in Franklin, not not a mountaintop in Tennessee.
0: Yep, that is correct. And my my roots are pretty deep in in the former state of Franklin, so I know a little bit about that.
1: How many people listening had Davy Crockett on your bingo card, bingo card today on the <laughs> well, No well, Gimmicks Podcast? We, before
0: we started, before we started this thing, I said let's just see where it takes us, and apparently it took us to Davy Crockett. So <laughs> to the
1: early eighteen hundreds, and <laughs>
0: that's different.
1: Yeah. Ezra, my brother. Thanks for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. Uh, where can Absolutely. everybody uh, follow you online? Read your stuff. Keep in touch. All that good stuff.
0: Yeah, you can you can follow me on Twitter uh, at Ezra for Liberty. You can uh, follow my organization at Liberty Youth Co. Uh, direct communications. Um, I am working on revamping and actually monetizing my Substack. A little bit of a uh, little bit of personal news there. Uh, it is not ready yet, but when it will be ready, it will be the tireless minority. That will be the new name of my pot, my um, my sub stack. Uh, that's actually inspired by the quote. by I believe it's Samuel Adams, a tireless minority that can uh, it doesn't take a majority to prevail, but a tireless minority that will uh, set brush fires in the hearts of men. I butchered that quote, but <laughs> <laughs> you get the point.
1: It takes a tireless minority or one man and a fire alarm either way.
0: <laughs> hey, man, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's always an absolute pleasure.
1: Absolutely. Everybody be on the lookout for Ezra's new Substack. Everybody follow him on Twitter. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. <laughs>